0: Hey, Andrew. Have a good week?
1: Yeah, pretty good week. It's been... Man, it's been cold here.
0: Oh, I hear you. Extremely cold here.
1: Yeah, it's like five degrees outside. Of course, course we shouldn't really be complaining because most of the people who listen to this are in Minnesota. And it's probably like, what, a hundred below there?
0: (laughs) Yep. Not to mention our job requires us to be on the inside.
1: Yeah, that's that's a nice perk of uh, software development.
0: Yep. Oh, so second week in a row I'm being a guest. Awfully Well, nice.
1: well hey, if you wanted to be the co-host, that would be great.
0: Really? There's a position available?
1: There is a position available.
0: Cool. Sign me up.
1: This is Control Structure, episode 10, for January 23rd, 2013. A few Instagrams, with host Andrew Bailey, and the new co-host, Christopher Thompson. And now, from time immemorial...
0: I'm surprised I you don't have to do an interview with against other people, because, man, this is a lot of fun. It is.
1: So, yeah, you uh, saw the uh, HOTS opening sim- cinematic, right?
0: Oh, yeah. For StarCraft II, Heart of the Storms. Swarm, but... Oh. Anyways. Well, I had my glasses on, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's just Crispy and Chris, so... Yep, it's not—it's yeah, yeah. not your fault.
0: Yep, it looked awesome. Though I noticed the Zergs just mostly stomp around on things, crushing tanks, crushing people.
1: Yeah, and uh, crushing battle cruisers.
0: Oh yeah, that is true. That was awesome. It's
1: like, yeah, suddenly this thing comes down. I'm like, oh crap. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It took me a moment to realize what it was. <laughs> uh, uh, have you also seen the Elder Scrolls? I did, and that looks pretty awesome as well. Yes, it does. It has it has a very good potential to being the next World of Warcraft, if there ever can be. I'm pretty sure there will be. Yeah, King- kingdoms rise and fall every generations. Yep. There's- going for several generations well two generations now
1: from time immemorial
0: yep <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yep yeah, those those are the pretty game movies
0: this week yeah ooh very pretty
1: Hey, want to talk about some news?
0: Sure, let's go ahead.
1: Yeah, so, uh, let's see, you've only really been through this process once yourself, at least for yourself, although you've probably done it a few times since, but what if we hired other things, or what if we did other things, like we hired programmers? How would it turn out? Oh, God.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, good because so there was a there was the news article about what if cars were rented like we hired programmers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, which is a hilarious read. Yep. Which uh, goes over. He you was know, like, "Well, I uh, drove this other car." He was like, "Well, it was a 2008 model." Oh, sorry, we only carried the 2012 model.
0: Yep. <laughs> Our requirements clearly spell that you must be able to drive. A 2012 model. We can't take a chance that you aren't compatible. <laughs> uh, it's like, well,
1: I've driven a car for more than a uh, hundred thousand miles. Does that count? Oh, no. all all our cars are, you know, don't have ten thousand miles on them. We can't
0: do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you you an interview question. What color is the wire that goes into the Gas. Yeah, that's a crazy one. (laughs) Gas calibrator. Clear? (laughs) Question two. How do you fly SUV through the eye of a needle? (laughs) (laughs) Very hard. (laughs) Sorry, I haven't mean to go. Let me go find you another interviewer. (laughs) (laughs) Yep get a chance to go read it.
1: Yeah, and uh there's there's this other post here about uh you know like the proper questions to ask and like not to come off as an asshole while doing them. Yep. So, yep.
0: Uh, well, if if you're also looking for a job, if you go to I believe it's dice.com, they have a lot of great interview questions and are always pushing out more. That's the same true for Monster.com.
1: Hmm. So, uh... Uh, let's see. Do you remember back when you were uh, learning multiplication? I do.
0: So... I have uh, shunned that memory long since. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, apparently
1: Japanese uh, kids learn multiplication uh, rather differently. And, uh, yeah, just pretty much uh, involves drawing out lines and uh, counting their intersections.
0: So yeah, you, so I I did read through that. That is a very interesting concept. It is.
1: So, huh. I mean, who'd have thought that it could work out that way?
0: Yeah, I clapped the man who ever did that.
1: Yeah, and like you can, you know, I guess that it would scale for, uh, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, digits of numbers.
0: I would imagine so, but beyond four digits, it gets kind of ridiculous.
1: I'd imagine, but, uh, you know, if only because of the time required to draw everything out. Correct.
0: But it's a very visual uh, way of doing it. Mm hmm. It is. Let's see, uh Well, one, one thing I still laugh about. Is, is when we were learning multiplication, did you ever have your math teacher tell you you won't be carrying around a calculator for the rest of your life?
1: I don't think so. Then again, I never really had a dedicated
0: math teacher. It was all one teacher. My, my math teacher said that to me. Guess what every phone has on it. Yep. <laughs> Guess what every phone is. Yep. A great big calculator. Yep. Speaking on a little side thing about phones, have you seen how big the new phones are getting? Yeah, like some of the ones
1: at CES are like getting to like six and a half inches or something.
0: Yeah, they're they they're, they're bigger. My my PSP is smaller than the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh,
1: it's it's kind of funny, like. Uh, Oh, like maybe seven years ago, everyone was like, "Oh, look how tiny phones are getting.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how that turn actually went around, though I think it was to do with the smartphone. Yeah,
1: definitely iPhone. Um, yeah. Apparently yeah. Apple broke the trend and said bigger is better.
0: Yes, they did.
1: So. But anyway,
0: did you hear about the Montreal College?
1: Yeah, I did. Um it's eerily reminiscent of what almost happened to Schwartz. Yes it is. So, it seems like this uh, student at uh this Dawson College up in Montreal uh was creating uh I think it was like some phone app uh that he came across uh, sloppy coding in the uh, software that the college uses. And suddenly he was able to access, like, everyone's, uh, you know, addresses, phone numbers, social security numbers, or whatever they have up there in Canada, uh, on pretty much everyone going back to, like, 94, including, like, all the alumni's. So, you know, he was responsible and, you know, reported this vulnerability. And it seems like two days later that he uh, ran a program that... You know, is designed to test for, uh, security vulnerabilities, you know, just to see if, you know, what he had reported was fixed. And, uh, a few phone calls and stuff later that, uh, he was expelled from the college.
0: Yep. Though so I, though so I think he did make a mistake going back and trying to test it. Using that program, I think that was his mistake. I don't think he should have done that. He should have continued with his programming and then reported if he came across it again, without using another system. Yeah, but but he he did the right thing and and and
1: reported it exactly. So and you know I guess I guess he was just really curious to see if something was done about this, and apparently it had not.
0: Correct, and yeah. So
1: I I might have done the same thing.
0: Yeah, it. Yeah, we can't help it with curious little things.
1: <laughs> yeah, stupid human nature. Correct. Silly cat going out across the road or something. Yep. So yeah, but as it turns out, that it might not be too bad because uh, apparently. This guy has been offered several scholarships and job offers.
0: Yeah, I did see that, too. I'm thinking one of the best ways to work for CIA is to break into the system and leave your resume. Yep. (laughs) But congratulations for him on getting the scholarships and getting job offerings.
1: Yeah, so lucky him. Uh Uh-huh. So, speaking of smartphones, so um, apparently uh, Nokia is uh, decrypting uh, HTTPS traffic that uh, comes across their phones.
0: Really? I thought that was not supposed to happen. Yeah. is that what HTTPS stands
1: for? Uh, in an ideal world, it does.
0: But yeah, turns out that they're decrypting it and they're using it to debulk it, so that they send less data across. But there, there's another—I want to say another up, not another browser that does the similar things. But all of that data's there in the QA, and it seems like this one is getting special attention because it t- took some time to find it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, should we be should we be concerned about this? Uh
1: it's something to watch out for definitely. Um but uh you know Nokia is one of those strange odd phone manufacturers. It's not too big. You know.
0: Well, they make invincible <laughs> phones.
1: So, but they are uh I think like the number one Windows phone uh manufacturer or something. So okay.
0: Well, at least not Google could Google has tried that stuff before. Yeah. i collecting everything. Yeah, Speaking but I don't bit. think
1: they've ever intercepted HTTPS though.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure, but have have you have you heard that Google has signed the French ISP for Traffic for, tra- for transport traffic?
1: Yeah. So this is, uh, like essentially breaks net neutrality. Um, in other words, like a carrier has to pay for, uh, its data traveling across, uh, someone else's networks.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. The- consider how big Google is. I think they said it was using more than 50% of the traffic.
1: Yeah. So, uh,. And a few days after this broke that it appears to be related to the fact that uh, Google gathers a bunch of user data and France doesn't really like that.
0: Correct. They sure don't. But the other interesting thing that France is doing is it's considering collecting tax on data collection. Yeah. I think we should do that in the U.S. It
1: seems like a really interesting idea and I'm not totally against it. Um
0: no, but I think they could go overboard with it. But uh
1: like the you know just the idea of you know Google paying this ISP for you know data transport you know is a very 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 bad 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 bad, bad idea. Um because the ISP's customers are supposed to pay the ISP to transport traffic not anyone else. Correct. And the originator of the data pays its ISP too. And if, you know, those two ISPs are different and they can't get along, well, tough luck.
0: That is true.
1: But then again, Google is an ISP now, don't forget. It is? Yeah. Huh. Uh, do you know about uh, Google Fiber out in Kansas City? I have heard rumors. I did
0: not know that that was official.
1: Yep, it's, uh, been live in a few areas, and of course it's, you know, rolling out. But, uh. Cool.
0: So, what's next? Google Hotels? Google Mart? <laughs> Taking over Walmart? Well, Google already has a Play Store, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: like a playground store or anything.
0: Yep. So, it's really interesting how much Google has branched out. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about later. Yep. So,
1: uh, did you know that the uh White House uh does petitions?
0: They I have heard rumors that they do petitions. I was not sure what they actually did with them if So, uh, currently there is a petition
1: on there that, uh, uh, if, you know, if it gets enough signatures, that, uh, it will make patent trolls pay all costs associated with their frivolous lawsuits should they lose, uh, in court. Huh. And, uh, uh, like, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but, uh, you know, companies get patents to them and, like, especially if they're software patents... They're, like, so ambiguous and, you know, pretty easily implemented and, like, so vague that pretty much anything can fall under them. Yep.
0: It's a sad thing.
1: So, and then, uh, you know, uh, patents are bought and sold, and they ended up at these, you know, holding companies, uh, which then license them out, but they don't actually produce any product with them. So, yeah, and then these people just, you know, sue everyone else that doesn't have a license with them that, you know, has something that's similar to what's described.
0: You know, if I recall another company called Apple that did this some time ago.
1: Yeah, you know, there's all sorts of legal battles between Apple, Microsoft, Google, Samsung, and, you know... And you know, all the other smartphone manufacturers. Mm-hmm.
0: But you know the interesting thing is in Minecraft came out, afterwards there were several other games like Minecraft, but I have yet to hear a single lawsuit. Maybe uh, it just does not happen in the game though.
1: Well, mostly because games are copyrighted and not patented.
0: I guess that's true.
1: So and and another thing that I find interesting about patents is, apparently, IBM uh, gets, like, the vast majority of patents that are uh, granted in the U.S. But I hardly ever, if if ever, ever, have heard of IBM litigating over a software patent.
0: Interesting. So, oh, well. Some people just have to make easy money.
1: Yep, well then again uh, patents are really uh should be used for things like hardware uh for instance uh at CES a uh, a graphics vendor was showing off a real-time ray tracing card
0: yeah i did i did see this so
1: imagination and... technologies which apparently makes the GPUs that go into iPhones iPads uh PlayStation Vitas and a uh, few other you know, mobile devices uh, was at CES and they were showing off their uh, ray tracing uh, hardware to uh, Ars Technica.
0: Yeah, it it was pretty impressive. Yeah, so uh, do you know what ray tracing is? Um, I, I gathered a fair bit of an idea. It, it allows light to reflect on a surface and then we correctly reflect back with how much is being absorbed into the material of said object.
1: Yep. So uh, this is compared in three D, <laughs> obviously. But uh, <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, lighting and shadows and stuff are really easy in ray tracing, and it gives like really beautiful uh, looking uh, imagery. Uh, this is compared to uh, the. I wouldn't. I would. I would say probably the traditional way of generating 3D graphics is uh just you know, drawing a bunch of triangles on a screen and filling them. Correct. So
0: Well, this would be interesting if games are implementing something like this.
1: Yeah. And uh apparently they said this was uh this could do ray tracing in real time. Uh Ooh. And this is this card is uh, based on fairly old technology. It's uh, apparently has a 90 nanometer uh, process on it, which is excuse me, which is uh, fairly aged um, with about okay. uh, I believe it said four or eight gigabytes of DDR2 memory. So you know there's plenty okay. of there's plenty of uh, headroom to improve this. And, uh, you know, they're saying that in, you know, five years or so, you know, since this vendor, you know, makes GPUs and, you know, iPads and stuff that you could, you know, have professional quality, really nice looking, uh, renders on, you know, mobile devices. Hmm. Oh, that certainly
0: would blow my mind. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, uh... Has Wikipedia ever, you know, felt a little slow for you?
0: I haven't used Wikipedia or Wikimedia. Uh any of those. I haven't used Wikipedia since my, well, actually I lie. I've I've been I've been using it a little bit on my phone, but I always just thought that was my phone that was slowing down.
1: Well, it could just be your phone, but um uh... Apparently, uh, Wikimedia is moving uh, a lot of their servers from Florida up to uh, Virginia uh, huh. to a data center there. So, you know, that's closer to both of us.
0: How, how, how are they doing that? Throwing everything in the truck and driving? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not sure how exactly they were doing it, but uh, apparently like uh, their sites will be going into read-only mode uh, this week. Uh, ...as they're getting everything Ooh. set up.
0: Let, let's let hope they flip that switch when they're done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they kind of have to. I mean, they are the... I don't know, the seventh most popular website on the internet.
0: <laughs> seventh? Huh. Something like that. I thought they were much higher, but oh well. So, on the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th... ...from 17 to 1, they'll be down... UTC time yeah UTC UTC Universal UTC.
1: time coordinated or something
0: I don't know that's something like, like that
1: that's like English time
0: huh sometimes I think we just need to have a standard time link link to that time it's not like your daytime or something yeah, yeah well,
1: well then then again uh No time system properly accounts for general relativity either, so... Correct. Which I hear is, like, the basis for, uh, GPS.
0: Really? Yeah, it's
1: really interesting. I, you know, I've heard about that. I need to, like, you know, read into that a bit more, but, yeah. Apparently, GPS, like, it relies upon the theory of general relativity. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Interesting.
1: and your webcam just fell. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's it being held up by duct tape. <laughs> Old duct tape.
1: So uh can you tell me about about fonts that are uh look relative?
0: Um let's see here There's Arial and this Helvetica.
1: Oh, you mean that uh font that Apple likes to use everywhere?
0: Yes, I do. <laughs> so but if you get a chance, take the quiz. And yeah, no cheating.
1: Yeah. There's uh this uh ironic sans uh has a quiz uh that asks, Can you tell Ariel from Helvetica? And uh, you know it's uh sorta of difficult if you don't know what to look for. Correct. But the uh, thing to keep in mind is that Helvetica uh, is designed uh, for print and predates uh, pretty much all, you know, UIs. It was designed in like the 70s, I think. Um, whereas Arial is designed for computer screens. Mhm. So Helvetica has a lot of, uh, uh, mo- I wouldn't say more detail, but has more bells and whistles on it. Uh, Correct. Correct. For instance, the uh, first question is uh, Afka. Um, the Helvetica one uh, has the G that looks more like an arrow point.
0: Oh, really? I didn't even notice that.
1: And it's you know more circular.
0: Correct. And on, then on a few of them, I noticed that the A is m- more straight and some of the R's are, are straight. Yeah. It it seem the I forget which one it is, but one of them just has more curve to it.
1: Yeah, Ariel does. Um like uh and then at the second uh one uh, the with the American Airlines, like you can kinda see how the lowercase well and the uppercase sees how in uh Ariel it looks sort of like a keyhole, whereas in Helvetica, the it looks more like a pinhead, you know, like inside the sea.
0: And you can really see details. I need to go get my glasses checked out.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, Helvetica is uh, quite a bit more geometrical in that... Uh, like where wherever the uh the line ends it's cut off horizontally. Whereas an aerial it's cut off at a slant.
0: Hmm. So, well, I think By using that rule alone I'm running on question five with no A's. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like I I got all of them right and I took my time and didn't cheat and I got like all the way down to I think it's like the 18th one, which is Toyota. The problem with Toyota is that it's all capitalized and like you really cannot tell by visual alone which one is which. Hmm. So yeah. Have fun with that.
0: Yep. Have you have you seen about C and C aren't future proof? <laughs> Yeah, um,
1: I uh, came across this, and it gives a uh, quite a bit of valid points, um, like uh, especially uh, like going into the future and whatnot. That uh, a lot of C and C++ have undefined behaviors.
0: Correct, like out, out, out of don't access out of bound array elements. No. I think.
1: And, uh, you know, plenty of other things. Um, And, uh, you know, then again, this, uh, I believe that C++ came around in the 80s. And C has been around since the 70s or so. It came about with Unix. Um,
0: It is an old language.
1: Yeah. So, like, all these rules are vaguely defined and violated routinely. And the sad part (laughs) is... Is that uh, you know people rely on these uh, you know these uh, vendors compilers because of their rule set and how you know they interpret those uh, the undefined behaviors. So <laughs> which uh, leads to a lot of gotchas.
0: Yep. Well, if you were looking for a program language to start out with, what would you recommend?
1: Uh I would start out with Python.
0: Really? You'd start out with a big snake that's capable of strangling you?
1: Well, uh, if you're a midget, sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, what do you call a psychic midget on on the run?
1: Uh, please say to be on the lookout for a small medium at large. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I have tried Python, and I would agree with Andrew that it is a fairly easy language to learn.
1: Yep, and it's pretty fun to work with, too.
0: Correct. Clear syntax, very descriptive, lots of tutorials.
1: Yep, and plenty of libraries. Hmm. Uh, decent documentation, and it's a hot... Uh it is a hot hipster language as well so there's plenty of jobs around. Correct. So in fact, uh, one of the uh, companies here in Pittsburgh uh I think there might actually be two that uh you know I've come across that you know uses Python. So
0: Hmm. That's interesting. that's cool. Yep.
1: So I need
0: a Get back into Python again.
1: Yep. So uh, Python is definitely a future-proof language. Um, it has very de- well-defined rules, and there's only a handful of implementations, that they all confirm to each other. And uh, you know, you know, other reasons why uh, Java and C sharp came along.
0: Correct. So a little bit more user-friendly.
1: Well, I wouldn't say user-friendly, I'd say programmer-friendly.
0: Yeah, I suppose that would be the correct term, because I keep forgetting how stupid some users are out there.
1: Yeah, and and if you want to take an extremist view, when you think user-friendly, think grandma.
0: (laughs) Well, the, the, the term I think one of our teachers told us is Idiot proof our software, but the only problem with doing that is they keep coming out with better idiots. Yep.
1: I think they might call those iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: speaking of iPhones, my, my, my friend just returned his third, his second iPhone for a defect and got his third iPhone for free. Hmm. All were, under the warranty. Were,
1: were they having a sale?
0: No! (laughs) They just, he said it's vibrating too loudly so they took it and they gave him a new one and he walked out the door. Hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: So, uh, have you heard about Larry Page?
0: I have heard about Larry Page. He said, he, he was talking about, in an interview from Wired, he was talking about how important it is to do moonshots and how to do thinks ten times better than the competitors,
1: yeah, so he's he's essentially saying that uh you know step by step innovation is you know okay, but to really change the world, you gotta really do something completely different
0: correct i I think another example of this other than Google is minecraft, though so I think they may have took a step backwards. <laughs>
1: Hey, sometimes you know, bringing stuff back from the past is innovation. Correct. It's it's a sad fact, but sometimes it works.
0: Yep. Take a look at fashion.
1: Yep. A lot of stuff from the '70s were recycled.
0: <laughs> sometimes I think they just keep the sh- the the storehouse full of stuff that they made back in the '70s and said, "Oh, let's sell these." Out the door they go.
1: Or. Or, uh, you know, someone got too fat so they couldn't wear their 70s clothes, but then they lost weight, and then it's like, oh, look at all these clothes I haven't worn in 30 years.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, keep your old clothes because when you lose weight, they'll be back in fashion. Yep. <laughs> so
0: Or you could sell them for $200, 300 Yep, cause cause getting the worn out look is still kind of popular. Yep. So,
1: anyways, uh, uh, Larry Page here was uh, talking about back when they started Google that uh, you know people were saying, "Why do you want to start a search engine for? There's like five or six already. You'd never make it." And he's like, "That well, that's." that's true, then that's fine.
0: But I'm going to do Google. Yep. Hey, and I think one of Google's biggest success is how clean the homepage is. Yeah.
1: Um, I think I might have commented on this before, but, uh, you know... If it, so,
0: I wasn't listening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's okay, because, uh, you know, it seems like... You know, especially in compared to Microsoft, even with their uh, modern UI design in like Windows 8, that, uh, you know, everything is simple, it's flat, and, uh, not cluttered. And, and in some places, I think Google even goes a step further, you know, and, you know, takes out even more, especially like the visual cues that, uh, you know, communicate to you that you should click on something.
0: Mm hmm those get those get a little bit annoying sometimes,
1: yeah, so uh speaking of Microsoft designs um a designer by the name of I think it's Andrew Kim, he imagined a totally different Microsoft brand, uh mostly involving a series of oblique parallelograms uh This was some time ago, I think it was back in the summer. Uh, but he was just recently hired by the Xbox division of Microsoft.
0: Hmm, cool. yeah if I've gone through some of his design and it's like simple and yet brilliant. He's very, very thorough.
1: yeah it uh, uh like one of these pictures you know is uh, essentially his whiteboard, and you can tell how he uh, iterated through all these designs. So, yeah. you know, it's uh not a total neutral uh you know branding like they have now. It's a little bit aggressive, a little bit sharp. Uh, but it, you know, again gets the uh gets the message through. And go it's ahead. and it's uh heavily involved space imagery as well, which what's not to like about that?
0: Yep. Especially since that's the next place to go.
1: So and uh, you know he uh, gives a few concept arts. You know, especially I think it's uh, about two thirds of the way down. It, this uh, the one where Bomber is you know up on a stage and it has it in the background. It's just something in that just wanna makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. It's like, wait, <laughs> this is real? Oh, wait, no it's not.
0: <laughs> so, yep. very very nice. Very very nice. So,
1: uh so, speaking of the 360, um uh VG leaks uh has some hardware specs for Durango, which is the Xbox 360 successor.
0: Well, I've heard a little bit of rumors about an Xbox 720.
1: Yeah, that's pretty is, much what is this, this is.
0: Okay. Yeah. Of course. Well, I I think I think um uh, my uh, Microsoft and Sony have to answers to Nintendo's Wii U. Um,
1: I don't think they're they might not even be too concerned about uh the Wii right now. Correct. So,
0: um. But it's it, it's not a bad setup. Eight CPU. Uh, eight gigs so, of RAM. Yeah, though I think they could up the RAM and up the core. Uh, um, USB 3.0, only 50 gigs. Hard drive, but they're probably gonna up that.
1: Uh well then again this is you know supposed to be a console it's supposed to be rather cheap, correct. So
0: but if if you look at how cheap consoles are, two hundred and fifty to three hundred fifty dollars, with the exception of Nintendo, pretty much. So and the thing I uh,
1: there's a few things I uh, find rather uh, odd about this is that they're uh, going back to an X eighty six. Uh, architecture it looks like um, from from here it just says x64 and right. by that I believe Microsoft uh, uh, is essentially uses that for the 64 uh, bit x86 hmm. so uh, which is uh, weird because all of the consoles from uh, the current generation uh, the Wii ps3 and 360, uh, have a power PC chip inside of them, uh, or some flavor thereof. So it's uh, weird that they're uh, switching uh, back to uh, this. Hmm. So, and I'd say well, that I'd say that eight gigs of RAM is uh, rather generous as well.
0: True, though. So, though so I think I might know why they're switching back. Have you seen the gaming? How how well the gaming industry's doing lately? Especially NES, not enough shaders. Yeah, they came a out report. With some-
1: Yeah, they have a report on there. Can you tell me a little bit about
0: that? Yep, it's saying that pretty much the the they're, they're increasing the cost to make these high end games and running out of money, and they're not selling enough games to break even, and it's bankrupting tons of companies. Yeah.
1: So they uh did they did a report here and uh it's it seems that uh, uh let's see they they have a quote from someone um that, you know it's like
0: in, in, in any intellectual fool can make things bigger and more complex and more violent it takes a touch of genius and a lot of courage to move in the opposite direction
1: uh here, here's the one I'm no longer excited about. Next gen technology. It means budgets go up. It sucks.
0: Oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh,
1: you know, with well, a, with increased power, you know, you have increased opportunity to make things look all pretty, which correct. Which you know, I'm not against being pretty. Um, no,
0: nope, but there's the the limitation.
1: Yeah, with uh, I,
0: I I'd rather take something like Minecraft over that well thought out versus some of the high end games that's been just a complete failure. I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head, like Rage. Yes, that one was a complete failure. That. As the a-
1: So, yeah, that was a total rip-off, but uh, anyways, uh, you know, I believe it has something to do with the uh, Uncanny Valley, in that, you know, the more you make things look pretty, the more you have to do them well, uh, which costs money. Correct. So, um, you know, then again, uh, you know, the uh, modern games, you know, you can, you know, tell a lot of detail but if you you know decompose it back to you know almost stick figures like minecraft you know it's easier to project yourself into that world correct it because if there's less detail in the world there's less detail that you uh, can be nitpicky about that is true so i mean you know well it's go. it's it's really easy to project yourself into xkcd for instance
0: x k c d e hmm you know with the stick figures ah okay took me a moment well go browse your local indie game shops
1: yeah so this this is uh pretty good news for indies cuz uh you know they don't have a whole lot of money um but they seem to be doing pretty well they, and they're,
0: they're doing fantastically
1: well you know for instance minecraft although in some ways, I don't really consider Minecraft to be indie anymore.
0: Nah, I wouldn't consider it indie. I mean, they're all multimillionaires now, and they well, have a small company. Well, like
1: I have like three criteria on what makes an independent developer, you know, indie. Um, and one of them is that uh, they don't publish other people's games, and uh, they will be publishing someone else's game like pretty soon. What's uh, the game name? Ah, uh, I f- I forget. I think you might have uh, came across it uh, once. Um, Cobalt. Yeah, I think that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah it, it looked interesting. I wouldn't. I'm 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 not planning on getting it. So, uh,
1: number two, uh, independent developers only have one studio, like they only have one location. Okay. Uh so that means that uh, uh Crytek is not an independent developer. Um and number 3, uh they are not uh owned by uh, another big gaming company, uh for instance Blizzard. Hmm. Um as far as I know Blizzard has never been uh like ever not been owned by someone else. I don't think that I don't think they have. Maybe though, maybe maybe back
0: in the olden days, but not anymore. Though though though, NES does make a report that Vendee wants to sell its majority sixty-one percent stake in Blizzard with eight point one billion. Yeah, uh, Activision Blizzard actually. That's uh, uh, act- so. The
1: uh, that's been news for some time but you know uh i guess i guess they want to sell it off because they haven't been coming out with uh new series yeah, it's just a uh, call of duty factory and uh, pretty much you know it's like well i mean i can't really feel bad for you for you know owning that
0: <laughs> it yeah it's those those games are barely breaking even cuz I think Call of Duty it was they were talking it it's like 200 million in just marketing.
1: Yeah, that was for uh, Modern Warfare 2 which came out oh, I don't know, 3 years ago. And Correct. and as far as I know they haven't been suffering. Uh unlike THQ which is really unfortunate they uh apparently they're, you know, being broken up and sold off, which is really sad.
0: That's yeah, that's sad. Let's see here. I think the highest game budget that they mark on here is Star Wars the Old Republic, two hundred yeah. million.
1: Yep, and uh Which
0: that, the Avengers cost two hundred and twenty million to make. Uh that's the uh film. Yep. So yeah
1: Yeah, that's that's uh not really uh any big secret there and uh Nope. Uh, apparently, people just, you know, left after a few months, and they recently recently uh, gone uh, free-to-play, at least on a limited basis.
0: Hmm.
1: So, uh, speaking of uh, investing and stuff, uh, looks like Microsoft might uh, uh, invest a few Instagrams worth into Dell to um, help make it go private.
0: Well... That would be a smart move on Microsoft, considering they need people to buy PCs in order to get their software out.
1: Yep, so, and by Instagrams, I mean billion
0: dollars. (laughs) One to three. You know, these things have always kind of bugged me. Okay, I'm going to give one to three billion dollars. You may get one, or you may get three times as much. <laughs> Somewhere between there, so it seems
1: like a uh, huh. a uh, seems like a deal uh, might be reached by the end of the week.
0: That would be interesting. Maybe it could be in the next week' podcast, a follow up. Yep.
1: So, huh. and uh, let's see. The Evernote. Uh, you ever heard of Evernote?
0: I can't say
1: I have. It's uh, essentially an application that uh, is like Notepad, but in the cloud. Okay, interesting. From what I gather, um, the CEO of uh, Evernote has posted 21 insightful and often hilarious lessons uh, Hmm. and other musings.
0: The feedback is bad at telling you what should be built, what you should be building. What is good for telling is what you effed up on.
1: Ain't that true, man?
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: so I got uh, plenty of experience with that.
0: <laughs> and oftentimes, I find with management, they don't even know what they want. You. Tell them what they want, and then they make some few minor changes so they feel like that they at least own something of it. Mm-hmm. So, Sometimes they just change the entire thing. So,
1: and uh, speaking of users and feedback and stuff, um, it was just today actually that I was making a uh, actually uh, adding on to a, a form uh, since you know I'm in the e-commerce business now. I was um putting a checkbox on a uh I think it was like a create account page that says, you know, send me emails about, you know, this this brand. And uh like the exact phrasing was, you know, like uh please send me emails. I'm like, hmm, you know, <laughs> users need clear instructions and guidance on how to do things. Please doesn't really fit in that. You know, he's like, don't offend, but don't be polite either. <laughs> at, least, at least not overly polite like that.
0: Interesting. Have Have you seen the new gym, gym smart Fourth Youth LED light?
1: Yeah, that's kind of cool.
0: Mm-hmm. So it seems like they can change like the symbols, they can change the layout. They can change the lines. Yep. And, and
1: this, this is in a uh thing that they said an elementary school over in Germany. Hmm. So,
0: well, if the elementary sh- school kids can't damage it, I think we'll be seeing more of it. Yeah,
1: and apparently this also has sensors in it as well. So, like uh they can tell, like, where the feet of the players are and, uh, like, if a ball
0: bounces off the floor. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So... Well, did you also hear about the roads that are in prototype? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I saw
1: this uh YouTube video here.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the, it has to do with because asphalt prices have been... Sl- been rising over the last decade or two, and yep. it's becoming too expensive to maintain roads. Yeah. So they're they're converting, they're making some glass roads because glass is cheaper to manufacture, and they're sticking it, stocking it with solar panels. So, yeah. Hey, so, I think we
1: might have solved the energy
0: crisis. We probably have. <laughs> so, be on the lookout for that should be coming around soon enough because they have gotten funding for prototypes from the government, and it's it's really thought out.
1: Yeah, and they have, like, LEDs embedded in them, or at least they can.
0: Well, they do.
1: Although, I think it would be pretty, you know, how should I say, useless to have, like, hundreds of miles of roads out in, say, Utah and Nevada uh, with, like, LEDs that hardly anyone's going to see.
0: Well, but it's still collecting. But it's they're still neat there. They have some sensor panels, so that once the sensors go on, the lights go on. True, so, but
1: I think out there the uh, you know just focusing more towards uh, solar panels would be uh, rather helpful.
0: Correct. The, the The other thing is, how much electricity does an LED light actually use? Very little.
1: Um, yes. In fact, uh, a 20-pound weight can power uh, some LEDs for, like, 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Gravity light. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, so, yeah, and uh, because there is no current shot science show here on the Nexus, um, you heard about uh, Chernobyl?
0: Yes, I did, and the first thing I... Th- that was stalker game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember going in exploring around there.
1: Yeah. So yeah, know. apparently a nuclear power plant exploded over there um, about twenty-five years ago or so. Uh,
0: Nineteen eighty-six.
1: Yep. So, and uh, you'd think that everything there would be dead because all of the radiation, uh, but in fact, you that's think? not the case, and uh there are uh wildlife there there's tons of animals and uh they do not glow uh,
0: oh don't it,
1: although it might have been interesting uh in fact, there is a lot of wildlife there a lot yeah like uh if like humans ever came back there like it might be a problem,
0: huh. Now, I wonder if that has to do with the radiations of the humans leaving. I think it
1: would be have more to do with the humans leaving than anything else.
0: Huh. Probably. Not, hmm. not, 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 not many opportunities do to, opportunities to humans leave someplace. Yeah. So,
1: and like, even if all the radiation was cleaned up, I'm wondering if, you know, it'll still remain as a wildlife preserve. Uh
0: Probably for a while, because, oh, I got radiation burn, ah, let's do the government.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's, it's one of the unintended side effects of, you know, everyone leaving. You know, mm. animal, animals don't really have uh, radiation detection, so they're like, hey, there's no one over here. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Oh, why do I have three legs?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, so Though they, so they tend to notice that, okay, this animal died in this area, better avoid this area. Maybe. That, that, that there are a few hot spots, and those are still uninhabited, so to speak. Yep. But, darn it, they don't glow. <laughs> so, it doesn't say if they're invisible or not.
1: Because <laughs> that... Creeped me out.
0: <laughs> yep. Well.
1: Anyways, yeah, I'd say that's uh, hmm, rather interesting news. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm not sure if I can say this, but uh, there might be uh, a, a new podcast here on the network. Really? So, uh, with the call. I have no idea, um, but it might be science-related, since the current science show on the network hasn't really been active for a while. Um, it seems that there's one episode of this show uh, per apocalypse.
0: <laughs> apocalypse? When was the last apocalypse?
1: Uh, like, December 21st or something?
0: Okay. Okay. And the one before that? Uh, I don't was know. That, I, I guess... Farmer was re-elected or something?
1: Uh, let's see. I'd I have to ask uh Squirrel Fondler about this, but I think it might have been back in September or something. <laughs> like, he, he can tell you that like, right off, man.
0: <laughs> huh, interesting.
1: So, and it seems that Squirrel Fondler might be, uh, running that new show. Since he's been, since he's Lubby. been itching to
0: do one. Hmm. Well, if it's anything like the Big Bang theory that would be really fun funny to watch.
1: Seems like I got a question, uh, few questions from last week. Really? Yeah. Uh, from Ryan here. If I can, uh, if I can pull up the email. Remember where it was? Ah, here we go. Um, he says that maybe four years ago I gave my grandmother a computer running Ubuntu that was skinned to look like. Uh, I'm not sure if he was cut off or what. Um, so, yeah, studio guy, if you remember what it was skinned to look like, uh, can you tell me? So, and, uh, he, uh, goes on and, uh, says that, yeah, Aaron Schwartz, uh, you know, uh, contributions with RSS, uh, even that alone is, uh, significant. It's pretty much irreplaceable at this point. True. So... And, uh, he's, he is interested in jQuery 2.0. So I'm curious about that as well. Uh, he says that he can't deal with Firefox. So, well. He, he can't do what Firefox? He can't deal with it.
0: Hmm. Well, uh, Firefox has been getting bloated.
1: Yeah, but, uh, I counter with a 64-bit build. So, uh Waterfox that is uh version 18 uh, recently came out. So it had been Wha- stuck at version 16 for about 3 months. It uh <laughs> pretty much <laughs> pretty much parallels the uh, Firefox release schedule but uh hmm. somehow skipped version 17. What 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 Waterfox? Is that a new one that's coming out? Uh it's it's been out for a while. And I've been using it for several months.
0: Oh, I need to go look that up. Yeah. So then then, then, based on current trends, we should be finding an earth fox and a wind fox. <laughs> and and then we should have a life fox. <laughs> and death.
1: Well, and a sun fox.
0: <laughs> yep. And a moon fox.
1: Well, there is a pale moon build, uh... I'm not sure if it's a build. It's uh, a fork of Firefox, so we do have the moon in there somewhere. <laughs> so.
0: Waterfox, huh? And it almost looks like the Firefox. Yep. So well, at least this, at least Firefox is contributing to the global warming. <laughs> yep. This should be this should be healing it up a little bit.
1: Yep, it uh, makes the burns feel nicer. Yep. (laughs) um, The only thing I have bad about Waterfox is the release schedule. Um, It seems the uh, updated releases seem to follow about a week or two after Firefox does. And uh, for version 16, the dude just, you know, apparently this guy is in college and he was having uh, trouble with uh, the Intel compiler that he was using. Uh, So apparently he just uh, skipped version 17 it went directly huh. to 18 so
0: interesting
1: and uh you know of course you need the 64 uh, bit uh, flash and java plugins uh if you need to need or want to use uh content that needs that so and uh as always if uh you have a question or want to be a guest uh since Chris is now our co-host um you can do so by using the contact on the Nexus TV and uh, make sure you uh, select uh, control structure as the show. Uh <laughs> want to remind everyone that today is International Backup Awareness Day. Back up your stuff.
0: So, back it up every day. Yep. So,
1: have you backed um, up today?
0: I have not backed up today. Hmm. Actually, I haven't. I haven't even saved anything on my computer. Hmm. Everything's in the cloud now. Yeah, that's a, you know, a great thing. But
1: you know, occasionally, yep. occasionally it does help to pull them back down again every once in a while.
0: Correct. So. I wonder if my cloud has backed up. Hmm. I don't see. I don't see it getting any stormier up there.
1: <laughs> well. I'm not sure if I look out, I might not see any clouds because it's so
0: cold. <laughs> well, I, I I did see a cold front coming in this evening, so. Yeah. But you you want to hear some really good late news? What's that? I have I have a release this Friday, and it's supposed to dump three feet of snow the day before. Hmm. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. <laughs>
1: So, I I bet that that's uh, occupying your time. Eh, not as much. Yeah, I remember uh, releases, uh, especially back at Service Link and uh, Crown Castle. Um, let's see, well, especially at Service Link, though, like, I remember actually coming into work a few times on Saturdays. Uh, sometimes for releases, sometimes, you know, just to you know, do stuff far enough ahead of time that we wouldn't need to crunch.
0: Huh. That's so. a good
1: idea. So, and, you know, I I recall, like, working 50, 55 hours a week for, like, a month, and I was wondering where all my free time had gone. Huh. I was like, oh, I'm getting richer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to complain well- much about that.
0: The only thing I can complain is I do work those kind of hours sometimes, but being salary paid, Mm -hmm. it sucks. But sometimes I, well, when I first started working, oh, that was bliss. 30 hours a week, seven months. Wow, 30 hours a week? Well. You
1: mean more like 20
0: Probably 20, I'm just kind of blending it a little. (laughs) But the two-hour lunches were fantastic. I bet.
1: So, that seems to be all there is here, but, uh, oh, hi, Mom! How are you doing?
0: Um, Hey, I've, I've actually gotten my parents to listen to this occasionally. So, hi, Mom. Hi, Dad.
1: So... Uh, let's see, I guess we can go through all of our, uh, listeners. Uh, hi, Studio Guy, hi, Buckface. Um, hi, Squirrel Fondler. Um, let's see, that's all that, those are pretty much all the people I know, uh, who listen. Hey, if you listen, uh, can you do the contact thing for me? That'd be great.
0: So. Yep. All right. So, so, i do like your new nickname bailey yep so so
1: yep i guess we'll uh do this next week how about it yep see you next week all right have, have a good one i will bye